Pulp MX Network production. To this day, when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. Discount shades, store bought tank, flip flops, and cut off jeans. Somewhere between that. A new view from inside the truck. X racer to racer and eye to eye. A casual look into the personalities of the sport and an experienced perspective into the action from week to week. It's Jason Thomas's industry seating. Presented by Pirelli Tires, Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Pro Glow Wash, Works Connection, Bass Foundry, TL Speed Shop, Grandstone Boots, and Fly Racing. Welcome to the Industry Saving Podcast. My name is Jason Thomas, and it is Sunday, April 16th, and we did not do a podcast on the uh, backside Glendale, so I apologize for that, but I'll, uh, I'll touch on that briefly. We'll obviously cover the, uh, the event we saw yesterday at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Just on the front end, it was pretty boring. Um, <laughs> I love racing. We all love uh well, I love Supercross, that's why you listen to this podcast, but it wasn't the most exciting day of racing I've ever seen. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I just was kind of waiting all day for something to happen. Like, I was just waiting for a storyline to develop. I was waiting for a battle to ensue, and it just just never got it. It just never happened. Uh, so we'll jump into all those things. But I do want to thank the sponsors of this podcast first. Pirelli Tires, check out that rebate they have on both off-road tires and street tires. Guts Racing, you can get seat covers and seats for e-bikes, uh, graphic kits for every OEM. Uh, complete seats for Kawasaki's are now available. Plum Creek Funding, uh, check out their uh, all the rates that are available for refi or home purchase. And I know things are more difficult in that arena. The housing market has changed a lot over the last two or three years, and if you're a long-time listener, you've lived through all of that uh, all of that change and we went from a really favorable purchasing environment where rates were at historical lows to now we're back I would say normal you know it feels high it feels expensive but this is just more normal when you look at the Fed and you look at you know QE is kind of done for now um, this is more where we probably should be for people to make money and the lending and the banks and all that we, we have to be higher so this to me, it make more it makes more sense, um, even if it is painful along the way. Work connection, they have those new Yamaha footpeck mounts, so check those out. Chris Kiefer was had a huge hand in developing those for the uh, the Yamaha t- uh, 2023. Progo wash, obviously power sports formulated wash. Check that out. Fast Foundry can help with anything big business, small business. Uh, actual events, virtual events, uh, anything that you may have coming up in your business, check out Fast Foundry. International Vet MX Series, they had their second race of their calendar this weekend. So hopefully some of you made that out, uh, made out, made it out to that. If you did, or you happened to go to the race that was in, uh, what is it, Sandy Valley? It was a couple weeks ago. A track I had been to just south of Las Vegas. That was their first event. Um, the second event was at Track 95A in Fernley, Nevada. Found my notes, by the way. Uh, so if you attended any of those, check them out. You can go to oldtimersmx.com for more information, and I will get you more information on the next event, their third event of the calendar year. TL Speed Shop, 
Jason Cobb and his team were at Glendale. That was awesome to see them, spend some time with them. Um, it's perfect time right now because you're, you know, they're, they're based in Wickenburg, Arizona, and you can get out and go ride. They have, you know, obviously it's a side-by-side themed business, but it's not hot yet because I'm telling you in June, July, it's 115 degrees. And that doesn't mean it's not fun still, but it's more fun in April and in October, November, December than it is in June, July, August. That's just the nature of it. Um, it's really hot down there. They have all kinds of different types of uh, adventures you can go on. You can go to Sedona, you can go wine tasting, you can go to Baja, uh, but TL Speed Shop has everything dialed in for you. Fly in, everything's provided, and you can have uh, a great time there. So, uh, Grandstone Boots, got to see them at Detroit, as I mentioned, and thank you to Wyatt and his team for always keeping me looking sharp. Fly Racing, uh, thank you to them for, well, giving me a job for one, but also having my back on all things, um, yeah, all things podcasts, all things uh, business related. And check out the 2023.5 Kinetic Mesh, which came out, uh, let's say six weeks ago or so. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for gear that will keep you cool throughout the summer, looking sharp, uh, we, we actually integrated stretch material into the kinetic mesh last year so that was a huge upgrade if you haven't gotten a chance to check that out by all means please do that because it was it was a huge difference right it's it's my job to help sell this stuff i get it but just being completely transparent that was a really really nice upgrade to the kinetic mesh which has kind of been around forever you get a lot of those new age stretch materials into the most ventilated line that we offer so definitely go to flyracing.com and at least have a look Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. That's okay. But learning never hurt anyone. So two fifty class, uh, it's more of the same, right? And when I open the podcast by saying it's been a bit boring, this is kind of why. Um, you know, Hunter wins again. That's four in a row. Doesn't look like he has had a lot of difficulty in accomplishing that. I don't know. I, listen, anytime you win it's not easy, right? You think about the work and the time and the effort that was put in to accomplish that goal. It was never going to be an easy process to get there, but he's making it look easy. And for Hunter, this was a guy, if you go back prior to last season, it wasn't ever very good. It was injury. It was inconsistency. It was crashing. I mean, he was going to quit. He was literally going to quit racing three, two or three years ago. And you fast forward to now, and everything's in front of him. Like, he's going to win this East Coast title. He's going to be a factory 450 guy for Honda, in my opinion. It's just such a wild turnaround and a complete change in sentiment for Hunter Lawrence's career. And I'm here for it. Like, I don't know Hunter well, but I like him. I think he keeps his interviews fun and jovial and I think he, well, I know he works really hard, which is important to me. I think he's respectful. So I'm, I'm cool with all this. Like I, I enjoy seeing the success along, you know, along with everyone else. So if he wants to win every race, so be it. It's just not the most exciting thing I've ever watched, right? He's just kind of making it boring, which is exactly what he wants to do. You know, that, that probably needs to be thrown in there too. This is going perfectly to plan for him just for us who are looking for excitement and looking for suspense and to be on the edge of our seats, we're not getting that at all. Um, I think he's up 45 points now on, uh, on second place with Thrasher's injury, which we'll get to. 
it's over. You know, I hate to say that because, yeah, okay, Hunter could get hurt too. I get it. But for all intents and purposes, this championship's over. It's going to be won by the best guy and good for him. Jordan Smith, uh, second, nice, really nice bounce back ride. And you know that it had to feel good for him to straight up pass. And I don't want to say check out, but he definitely separated himself from Hayden Deegan. And this is like the race within a race, right? Like there's so much drama around that Detroit incident and in the media, and I'm sure in the truck. And there's like probably a lot of things that were left unsaid. Like there's just a a lot of tension is my guess because they're still getting dressed in the same place. They're still having to ride at the same place. Like they're around each other, but I don't think there's any, I don't think they've mended fences or anything. I'm sure there's probably harsh, hard feelings there. So when you're out there and you're in the, the heat of battle, um, all that, all that stuff flares up. So for Jordan to be able to pass him and pull away, I think deep down, he got a lot of satisfaction out of that. And and that's cool. Like I'm, I, I, Jordan's one of the nicest people at the track. So I'm happy to see him do well too. That doesn't mean that Hayden Deegan didn't have a great day and a great race. Like those two things can both be true. And to start, Hayden is the real deal. Like if you were at the race, you already know. If you just kind of checked in throughout the day, he was out front literally the entire day he was on the track, whether it was free practice, whether it was time qualifying, whether it was seat race, whether it was the main event, he was at the front. He whole shotted the practice starts. He whole shotted the heat race. He whole shotted the main event. He was leading around in time qualifying. It was just where he was all day and he looked the part. So for anyone who's like, eh, I'm going to need to see more. I'm not there anymore. He is the real deal. He is going to win races in this class. I'm, I'm kind of all in now. Am I all in on the social stuff and his attitude and his approach and all that? No, but that doesn't matter. I don't have to be right. He's still really young and he's been in the spotlight since he was a little kid. So some of it should probably be expected. I just am more, I come from a place where I, I really respect humility and my opinion, if you're great, you don't ever need to for you, you don't need to tell people you're great. They're going to know you're great and they're going to tell you that you're great and they're going to understand that you're great. So to me, anytime that someone is as good as Hayden Deegan is or any of the top guys, you don't need to want be the one that acts like that because listen, everybody already knows. Everybody's already treating you that way. So I think you can gain much more by being incredibly humble. Um, just, yeah, just be yourself and understand how fortunate you are to have this talent and this opportunity and Yes, you're earning it. That's not that's not the point. But I don't think there's anything to be gained by having a brash attitude, right? Like I just think as a person in your career, you will gain more fans, you will be more respected, and you will be more revered long term if you are just kind of unassuming, quiet. You don't have to be quiet, just humble and appreciative of the situation. And if you – I think – if you help prop up others through your success, there's much more to be gained by that than standing on the shoulders of others to kind of be like, look at me guy. And I'm not saying that Hayden does that. I just, I can see like a lot of people that race against him don't like him. A lot of the kids that race against him for years have raced against him for years. Don't like him. There's a reason for that because of the spotlight of 
the perceived attitude, all that stuff. And I don't, I just don't think there's anything to be gained by that. So hopefully he can grow out of that as he becomes, he grows and he becomes a man. Hopefully he will find a way to kind of move away from that whole, just whole atmosphere. And um, I think he, I think he has a great chance. Like he's going to be a superstar in the sport, good, bad, or indifferent. He doesn't have to take my advice. He doesn't have to be anything that I'm saying. I just think it is going to serve him well if he can find a way to attract all the fans. Because if you're well-liked, like, look at look at the biggest legends of the sport, McGrath, and these guys, like, every it was almost impossible to find somebody who didn't like Jeremy McGrath because he was nice, he didn't say the wrong thing, he didn't make you give you – he didn't give you reasons to hate him. That's the biggest thing. Like, that's, that's as, as succinct as I can put it. So we'll see how this all – transgresses but make sure or excuse me make sure you have no doubt that he's going to be amazing <laughs> like results wise that that is going to happen i am absolutely sure of that uh nate thrasher i don't know what his injury was we uh we reached out well i didn't reach out the television team reached out to him and i'm on a group text to try to find out his the extent of his injuries we did not get anywhere with that so i don't know um, i can tell you it didn't look good he never like got up. Um, he was moving. Yes. But they put him on a stretcher. They, you know, carried him off. He didn't look like he wanted to get up or stand or do anything. So that wasn't ideal. Um, and for a guy who's been just lights out good at Atlanta, that, that sucks. Um, he was second in points. He had had a great season. He was fighting through this ACL injury and yeah, we don't, we don't know where this goes, but I can tell you, he didn't have the look of somebody who was like, yeah, he's fine. He'll be back next week. That is not what it looked like to me at all. Um, so just watch for news this week because I, yeah, again, I've seen a lot of people get hurt. I've been one of those people that that has been hurt, and there's there's a certain look to it, right? It's like, okay, he's fine. Like, he's shaking up, but maybe he's okay. This wasn't that. This was like, no, he's probably going to the hospital. Um, something's, something's very wrong. So I hope I'm wrong, but that's, that's the uh, – that's just kind of the the feeling I got watching it all unfold because it was right in front of me. Uh, Joe Shimoda, last note I have on the 50 glass. Um, I thought it was a, a good return. You know, was he on the podium? No. Was he, you know, he's hired to win, and I think he's going to be paid really well in 2024 to be a championship contender. He didn't do that, okay? So if that's the bar, then I understand if you would say he underperformed. But I thought it was okay. When you look at he hasn't raced a Supercross all year. He's coming off an injury, and he has really no settings to go off of for Supercross. He didn't know what to expect. I thought it was pretty good. So I'm cool with that performance. Like, he, his starts were, I mean, absolutely horrific. So that was a huge part of the fourth place. I, I think he could have been in the battle for a podium. But you can't start. 10th or 15th like that's just not it's not going to work so if the goal is to be the podium it's pretty easy to see how you correct that you have to start better than you know better than whatever he was like in the heat race and in the main event his starts were god awful so i don't think you can really expect to crush it when you have starts that are that bad so we'll see you know we go into this showdown event for him um he historically has been pretty good at these showdowns i don't know if that's uh, it could be just be happenstance, right? It doesn't have to be something that was planned or doesn't have to be that dynamic. It could just be, yeah, he gets a good start, 
at the right time and he's fast enough to run away with it. So watch to see how he deals with the, uh, the showdown. Obviously you're going to have double the talent. It's going to be more challenging to get a good result, but I liked what I saw. I, I do. I don't think he's probably happy with it. I, I bet Mitch is probably not over the moon with his result either, but I'm trying to keep it in perspective and understand these guys are all in mid season form and they, have everything like they have all momentum and it's just another weekend where Joe's coming in cold and that's, that's a big deal. It, it really, that really does matter as far as trying to trying to find the pace and the rhythm and all that. Like it's, it's not easy when the, everybody you're going up against is just dialed in. So let's jump into the uh, 450 class. And for those who are newer, um, we do the power rankings in this uh, on this podcast, talk about the top 10 guys on a week to week basis. It does factor in a little bit of last year, you know, early season stuff. It's more of just an kind of an overarching view of where I see the 450 class. And you're going to see some exclusions in here because some of these guys I don't put in. If you're injured, I don't put you in. Um, If you haven't raced or not racing, like, you know, guys like Mookie, some of these guys I don't put in. Without further ado, let's jump into this thing. And at number 10, I don't he definitely was in early in the season because he got sixth at the first race. But Colt Nichols, I have a 10. And Colt's had an interesting season because he starts out, blew all of our minds with that sixth place, even though it was like the weirdest sixth place in the history of racing because he, I don't think he passed anyone the entire race. He actually got passed about 15 times and still ended up sixth. But um, Colt's back. He, got, he crashed really hard for those who weren't paying attention. He crashed really hard in practice at Daytona. Missed a few races, um, and then, yeah, he came back and has been getting great starts. And this weekend, he battled with Dino and Josh Hill for, I don't know, 18 minutes. Like, it was it was the best battle ever that no one was paying attention to. So, to see Colt, you know, in the top 10, I think is fine. He was never hired to go win races, in my opinion. And that sounds harsh. Like, I know he'd probably be like, hey, hold on a second. But I think that's reality. He was kind of the answer to, you know, a hole on their team. And I think as long as he's in the top 10 and he gets his testing done and he stays healthy and he can help Chase Sexton win, to me, that's what Honda wants. Now, that's not what Colt wants. Colt wants to be top five and keep that ride or get a ride, a similar level ride somewhere else. And that's kind of what he's going to need to do to, to accomplish that. So there's two different themes and two different narratives going on there. What Colt thinks is acceptable and what's needed versus what Honda thinks is okay. Doesn't matter to me. Shouldn't matter to you. But those are that's kind of what's happening. Honda will take the best result possible. That's for sure. But what's expected um, for each of them, or what like what's ideal? You know, Honda is like, well, if we can, if you know, if it works out, and we can keep him. That's cool. But. He's not – I don't think Colt Nichols is in their long-term plan for championships. But Colt's like, man, I want to – you know, I'm a, I was a Supergrass champion. I want to go battle and be on factory teams and go try to win races in the future. So it's just an interesting kind of dichotomy there of how each of them view the situation. Both of them are looking for success. I just think the the bar may be a little different for each side. Number nine, Dean Wilson. Uh, and Dino was in that battle, as I mentioned, with Josh Hill. They were going at it. And I, I doubt they showed it on TV. I don't I don't know yet. But I'm telling you, like, they were, especially Dino and Josh Hill, were next to each other 
tow, you know, like rear wheel to front wheel uh, for the entire race until Joshua finally cracked. I don't know if he crashed or made a mistake or just kind of, kind of just gave up. I, I don't know. I missed that part of it. But with like two laps to go, he finally dropped way back behind those two. But I'll give Joshua a ton of credit. Um, he's not in this list. He will be in the honorable mentions. But he was giving Dino and Colt Nichols all they wanted and more. I mean, just every bit of battle they could ever ask for. And, uh, yeah, Dino came out on top of all three of them. He ends up with, uh, yeah, beating him. And for him to beat a guy that's on factory Honda is important, right? Is, is he going to get a factory Honda ride? No, it's not going to happen. But it still matters. You know, Dino still wants to do well. He's racing for his team and his sponsors and his own dignity and respect levels and all those things, too. So um, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, I thought it was a good ride. You know, he had been wanting that top 10 for a long time now. And, yeah, that's, what, two in a row, I think, for him. So uh, good job for Dino. Number eight, I have AC, and holy crap, did he have a huge crash in his heat race. Um, I'm sure that anybody who watched the race saw it. You know, he's battling for the lead there, and this is where AC gets himself in trouble because he, we know how fast he can go. We know he's capable of winning, like, that winning pace. I, to me, he's capable of going faster than anybody in, in the field, maybe outside of Chase Sexton. But this is where this is where it bites him. This is where he crashes. This is where he gets hurt and his seasons get derailed and all the career troubles he's had happen right in that situation. And thankfully he was able to get up in the past. Maybe you see him hurt his shoulder there or, you know, something goes wrong physically where he can't continue the season. That's what that crash is exactly what has derailed most of his career. So I was, you know, the result of the main event is fine. wasn't great. wasn't terrible. I was just happy to see him get up finish the heat race and be able to keep going, not only in the main event, but for the rest of the season. So to me, that was kind of a, a big moral victory to be able to crash that hard and it not break him. So cool for him. Still, I don't say cool for him, even in a huge crash, but when you're considering the alternative, it was good. Uh, Aaron Plessinger had to go to the LCQ, which I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about, but um, yeah, whatever. He, he was, Still pretty good in the main event. Like, if you're considering that you have to go to the LCQ, you're thinking that it's going to be a bad night. But I thought the main event, he rode really well. You know, this main event was incredibly boring. No one was doing much. But if you were kind of looking for storylines, kind of looking beneath the surface, like AP stuck right with Webb and Tomac and actually thought he was going to catch them for a little bit. He was trying his heart out to catch those two. Um, but you got to remember, those two are the – you know, they're the points leaders. So they're obviously, they're pretty decent in their own right. Um, but I, I thought it was an okay night. It's kind of where AP has been more times than not. Um, I don't want to say this is where he fits, but if you look at his results, it's getting harder and harder to argue that he's not like a five, six, seven guy in this class. It's just what the, what the data is telling us at number six, I have Jason Anderson and this was not a good result for Jason Anderson. Um, I, I do think it comes with a caveat, right? He had a baby this week, I think on Thursday, I heard he was up super late, like for a, you know, a day or two while she, his wife was in labor. And I, I honestly don't think his heart was in it. Um, he rode well in the heat race. He got penalized, but he, you know, could have, could have, should have, would have won the heat race. But I truly think that all he could think about was getting back home to be with his wife and his newborn baby. And it's understandable. 
Is it great for Cowie? Is it great for him? No. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to like be like, well, that's not your job. Okay, fine. But I'm just telling you in hindsight, what I think was going on because I watched him in the main event. I watched him every lap. He was out there. He went backwards the entire time. He looked wildly uninspired. He was getting past. Then he kind of gave up, was riding around. Then he fully gave up and pulled into the pits. So I think it was a combination of exhaustion, mental, just nothing left from all the, you know, emotion of having his first child. And then I just don't think he wanted to be out there. I really don't. Um, you know, maybe that changes. He'll have a full week at home, kind of regroup. I'm sure he's not thrilled about how that race went. So I would expect him to be better in New Jersey next weekend. But, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. It, it, you know, I don't blame him. I understand it. But in a binary, if you're just looking at it as good or bad, it wasn't – it was bad. It was bad. So, um, yeah, that's, that's for him. And, and I'm sure – he would probably echo my thoughts. He's like, yeah, I just wasn't, my head wasn't in it this week. You know, I had too much stuff going on in life to be really in it. Uh, Ken Roxon is number five and it was a really solid performance. He's on the podium. If you are anybody associated with him or your team, his team, I think you're happy with a podium, right? Podiums are really hard to come by in this class. You look at all the guys that are having great years Obviously, Tomac and Webb, but you think about how good Barsh has been. You think about how good Sexton can be. So to be third, I thought was good. You know, if you want to take the other side of that and say, okay, where, what, what was not good? Yeah, you weren't quite fast enough to beat Barsha. You know, like maybe you could have held Barsha off. I don't think anybody was speeding Sexton that unless he crashed. It just wasn't going to happen. But I think Barsha, beating Barsha was in the cards. And he came up a little short, but it was still a very, very good ride. And if you're coming into the season – Anybody involved with that team, if you would ask them, hey, new bike on a Suzuki that hasn't been updated, new team, super late to the party, not a lot of testing, would you take podiums? They would unequivocally say yes. No, I promise you they would unequivocally say yes. So just keep that in mind. Um, number four, Justin Barsha. And what more can you say? He has really impressed me this year. He gets second again. You know, Really, the only thing left is to go win a race, and he's been so close, like obviously so close. He's gotten a bunch of seconds. You look at Indy, you look this weekend, he really wasn't that close to winning, but he's still second, right? Positioning, it's as close as you can get. But I don't know if it's going to happen or not. You know, Glendale was awesome. He was really close to beating Tomac in race three. That doesn't mean he's going to win a race, right? Every race is its own individual dynamic, and it doesn't, you know, it's not like you can – it's going to push you over the top because you have all this momentum. That, that's not how this works. You're just going to have to be very opportunistic situationally and find a way to get it done. Now, this weekend coming up in New Jersey should work for him. The weather could be iffy on Saturday. It's his home race. Like, There's a lot of positive uh, – you know, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of positive sentiment that could get it done in New Jersey. But, again, he, you know, every race when the gate drops, is they're all different, right? He's not going to – be good in New Jersey and just because he got second last week that has no bearing on it. And I know all of you know that. I'm just saying that in racing, it's like, oh, man, look at him. He's just getting better and better. He's going to win one of these. I don't know. I, I don't know that it works that way because what if Tomac and Webb are back to form? Then he's got to deal with both of those two at New Jersey, and I would expect both of them to be back on form. So that just makes it more difficult. Um, I, I hope he wins one. I, I, I applaud how good he's been this year. 
the other side is this is what does gas gas do? Because I think, I think early on or coming into the season, they fully planned on putting Aaron Plessinger on that bike, right? They knew Sexton was coming. I think they want to try to keep Webb. They put AP on the gas gas. I don't know what they would have done with Barsha, maybe nothing. But now all of that is in question. Does KTM keep Webb? Does gas gas keep Barsha? What do they do with AP? Like there's a lot to kind of work through. I'm going to try to get some details behind the scenes, but I don't know that they have that figured out. I can understand if they don't like, that's a really difficult dynamic to sort out because you don't want to lose any of those guys. Like all those guys I named are very, very much guys that you would want to hire AP. Everybody loves him. Barsha's riding the best. Maybe he has in his career. Webb could be your champion. So uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to figure out there. Number three, Chase Sexton. What more can you say? Like, this is the guy he can be week in and week out. Like, this is, he can win. He can win every race. Like, he is that fast. Um, is he going to be Tomac and Webb every time? No, we know that. But he can, he is fast enough to win every single time out. It's really difficult to find a race where he wasn't the fastest guy. It's, it's hard this year. And I think he's only going to get better. The question is, how does the bike change go? Because I think he's going to Red Bull KTM. I think that's a done deal. How does that play out? Big change in frame, geometry, you know, going from kind of the aluminum to the chromoly steel. Like, that's a big change as far as how the bike works. Um, so I, I don't know. But I'm just telling you right now, this guy has a chance to get on a streak and make this class very boring. Now, I don't know if he can figure out the crashing. But you watch him at a race like this past weekend and you're like, uh, I don't know who can beat that guy. You know, that's just where we're at. It's, it's going to like, everybody watching has to be like, well, if he doesn't beat himself, we're in big, big trouble. That's, that's kind of how I view it. And James Stewart was the same way. I'm not comparing chase to James. I'm just saying that was that they were viewed similarly where the number one person that you had to worry about beating them was themselves. That's, that's the closest parallel I can draw. Cooper Webb was not happy. Uh, he was really pissed. He actually said a curse word on the microphone after the race. I don't know if that was on TV or only at the uh, at the live event, but he was not thrilled. Um, I don't think fourth is what he came there to do. But if you look at a big picture, he beat Tomac. The points gap is closer than it was Saturday morning. So, yeah, take the silver lining. You can be upset with your riding. Go figure it out. Go work on it. Work on, you know, test, figure out the bike, figure out your own riding, and be better. Um, you know, I, I understand being frustrated, but I think if you get so frustrated that you don't understand that it was a, a net positive, then you're probably being too harsh because I look at things, any, any type of big event after it's done and you've had time to reflect on it at the end of it, was it a net positive or a net negative after you've taken all, all the elements, the variables, the cause or the pros and cons cause and effect, however you want, whatever cliche you need to throw at it, when it's all said and done, was it a net positive or a net negative? And if it's a net positive, then be optimistic about it. If it's a net negative, then figure out how you can be better. And I think to me, that's the most productive way to view these things. And I think it was a net positive. Yeah, you didn't ride good. Yeah, you could have been better, blah, blah, blah. But you are closer to the championship than you were before that great drop in the main event. And number one, last but not least, of course, is Eli Tomac. And this was just a blah ride. It wasn't great. Like, 
make no mistake, this was not a fantastic ride by Eli Tomac. He got fifth. He was not happy. He didn't even, you know, he kind of rode off the track right after the, the checkered flag. You could tell body language wise, he was not happy. Why would he be fifth place? Is, he's better than fifth place. And I think what he was probably most frustrated with is he had his chance to pass Webb several times and he could not get it done. He was on his rear wheel. He was putting pressure on him. And then whether you want to credit Webb or you want to say that uh, that Tomac didn't didn't get it done, however you want to uh, do it, yeah, it just didn't happen. So I don't think you're – you can't be happy for Tomac, but you also are, like, relieved a little bit that you didn't lose much to Webb. He was right in front of you. So, yeah, I, I think you just kind of shrug the race off and um, – just move on. You know, you just put it out of your mind. You forget about it. You understand that, that there was damage done, but very minimal. It was a bad race. And what can you do? You just, you just focus on next week in New Jersey. You are thankful that the damage wasn't worse because think if Webb won, like you lose the points lead, but Webb had a bad race too. So there is some solace to be taken in that. Um, I still think Tomac probably wins this title, but he's going to have to ride better than he did on Saturday. Make no mistake about that. The two honorable mentions I have were Justin Hill, Josh Hill, and both of them were uh, right around the top 10, right outside it. Great rides from both of them. They've been awesome this year. Same team, brothers, like that's that's an incredible story to talk about there. So good job from both of them. And that's it for this week. So thank you to the sponsors. Uh, could not do this without them. I know this is a little bit shorter of a podcast and doing it actually Sunday morning at the airport. So if there's some background noise, I apologize, but I wanted to get this out right away while it's fresh in my mind. Thank you to Pirelli. Check out that rebate that's going on. You can get money back from any set of tires you buy from a dealer. Guts Racing, Plum Creek Funding, Works Connection, Fast Foundry, Pro Glow, International Vet MX Series, TL Speed Shop, Grant Stone Boots, and Fly Racing. Thank you to all of them. If you ever have questions on any of those sponsors, promo codes, anything they have going on. Of course, I'm here to answer that. You can DM me or email me or whatever. Um, But that's it for this week, and we will talk to you soon. See you.